0: get some fries it's scientific explanations to paranormal experiences this week on why do you know that
1: welcome to why do you know that the party podcast that wants to know why you know so much about a very specific topic i'm nadia osman
0: i'm steve slaga
1: hi steve hi nadia how you doing fine yeah.
0: Um my oven ruined some biscuits. No. So I had that go on today. Well, it's a bad oven. It's a it's a naughty oven and it doesn't work.
1: It sucks now at of all the times to have any of your kitchenware, appliances, or anything crap out on you, because we're in our homes all the time, we're cooking twenty four seven. I've cooked more in the last month than I think I have in my entire life, and thank goodness I like cooking, but I'm also like, I could really use a break right now. Uh, yeah, I I'm starting to go a little stir crazy, and I'm surprised it took me this long, um, but I'm also not that surprised because I like being indoors. I just have hit now hit the point where like. I was on a text chain with all, a lot of folks who started sharing pictures of all of us together. And I started to well up. And I was just like, oh, God, am I ever going to see a human face again?
0: Oh, <laughs> I know. Chill and out, then I, baby.
1: I know. And then I stepped out of it and I was like, it's not going to be that long. Then suddenly it'll be like, oh, everybody wants to hang out all the time. I'm so tired I of know. hanging out with people. I want to go home.
0: It'll, it'll literally be like one Friday night, and everyone will be like, oh, I didn't mind quarantine. <laughs> Hi. Zoom. Oh, Zoom. Was, Zoom was fine. I didn't have to worry about pants.
1: Yeah, it's. I'll tell you this much: being in our, being in my house, your house, wherever, being in homes, it is. It does make you like not just appreciate being at home, but also makes you super aware of what's in your home. Like, let's say oh, yeah. if you heard any weird noises, any creaks and cricks, anything that might go mm-hmm. bump in the middle of the night
0: rattling chains
1: yeah any kind of like perhaps,
0: perhaps you hear perhaps you hear children's laughter and then <laughs> when you wake up in the morning and put um flower on your window ledge there's kids handprints
1: <laughs> perhaps something of the paranormal type exactly that's, good, be-do, be-do, be-do. Be-do. that's the seg alert going on that was a great time for us to bring in our guest uh you know her from the podcast oh no ross and carrie please welcome carrie poppy
2: why hello. hello! Hello. Did you? Um, could you guys hear that sound that just happened as you announced me? No, no. Oh, on my end, there was like a boor, 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 boor sound because Ooh. I just I just sent uh, set my text message sound to that. No. <laughs> so it sounded like you were regaling. Just as I, as you introduced me and it was great. That is how I'm usually introduced, but it's, it's fine. It's fine.
0: Yeah. We were wondering how we're going to do all the trumpets with social distancing.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Normally we got a
1: guy we hire to help introduce our guests in a very, you know, announcing in court type way.
2: Oh yeah. Uh, To play those like five notes and then leave. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) He's very expensive.
2: (laughs) It's
1: part of why we're like, well, listen, everybody's on a budget uh <laughs> yeah sure <laughs>
2: anyway podcasting so t- we still have an industry at least
1: for now yeah <laughs> until, the- until there's something like wearing headphones could give you COVID <laughs> right oh god <laughs> uh if I say it it'll be willed into existence I ignore that ignore that universe I hate this <laughs> I hate to- this is- <laughs> I have to ignore everything I'm saying anyway all right Nadia so-
0: if it brings you any comfort if the universe has control, it's not listening to you.
1: Oh, that does bring me comfort. Thank you. Yeah, of course, so many, what I'm here so for. So many times, I'm like, this is because of me, isn't it? It's
0: <laughs>
1: not at all.
0: Nadia, if it makes you feel any better, nothing that ever happens to or around you in this lifetime could have been caused or prevented by you.
2: Whoa. Oh. Huh. <laughs> I See, I feel that the truth might be, be- between your two perspectives. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. No, no, I, I just mean I just mean for Nadia specifically. Everyone uh, else, yes, but for oh, Nadia okay. specific.
1: Interesting. <laughs> I'm I'm a god. Anyway,
0: um. <laughs> Well, I do have ESP, um oh, cool. but perhaps there's a more uh there's a there's another explanation for my precognitive. <laughs> <laughs> pre-cognitive.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, today's topic is going to be about scientific explanations for paranormal claims. There, there it is, Carrie. So why do you know that?
2: <laughs> um, well, thank you for asking. What a coincidental question. Um, I, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, it's the this is the sort of thing I've been basically obsessing over for the majority of my career. Is. Um, Why do we have these narratives and explanations uh, that we kind of know are probably not true at this point? We know that they buck against the science, things like uh, ghosts and possessions and paranormal explanations and um, cryptozoology and all these things that we we already know there are better explanations for them, but we still kind of cling to them as people. Um, Those have always fascinated me. And I used to believe a lot of them myself and right around my my mid to late twenties, I had this really sort of earth shattering experience where I thought I was being haunted in my house, and um, was having was hearing all these sounds and uh, had this this eerie feeling of being watched as I walked around my house, um, and had this this pressure on my chest that wouldn't go away. Long story short, it turned out there was just a carbon monoxide leak in my house, Ooh. and. Yeah. So I was I was basically being slowly poisoned without knowing that um, because there was just an old uh, water heater in my unit. So when that happened, I realized, oh my God, if, if if this very profound and very real thing that happened to me where I thought I was being haunted could be explained in such a clean scientific manner, then what if all these other things we've been saying Uh, for, you know, all of human history about ghosts and the paranormal and God and demons and all those kind of, um, you know, unexplained phenomena. What if they are also just explained by something really scientific, something really earthly? And that really started me on this this journey where I ended up becoming a journalist where I, I engage with those claims every day and try to look for what are the scientific explanations for them.
1: Uh it's amazing that your house tried to poison you. In a way <laughs> where it's like that's so fucked up. It's so fucked up to think that like of all the things that we go through, all the dangers that we face on a daily basis even though we are uh in an industrialized uh society. Even though we've made leaps and bounds and there's so many things that technology controls in our lives and there's so many ways to like like there are doorbells now with cameras in them. So you can see if an intruder is mm-hmm. trying to get in and yet in your house, there's one thing that couldn't detect it. It just makes me wonder throughout history, how many times have people just been sitting in their homes being slowly poised?
2: <laughs> oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's one of the things that we now know is an explanation for haunted house syndrome. Um, which is, yeah, just, like old houses that had leaky pipes and that's why you know when you picture a haunted house you probably don't picture an apartment in la you probably picture like an old rundown you know the walls are falling down type house uh and that's why because all the all the circuitry sucked back then and so it was easy to gas somebody accidentally
1: uh, Steve, have you ever been in a ghostly-esque situation or you thought maybe there was a ghost or something paranormal happening?
0: Um, I've had sleep paralysis.
2: Oh, wow, yeah.
0: A few times. I was actually on uh, Betsy and Marcy's podcast, F- a funny feeling about um, the time I dog sat for John Milheiser and uh, the night before... Marcy used to live there, and then Nicole Byer lived there at that time, and she said she saw ghosts right before she left, and um, that was enough to trigger my sleep paralysis, maybe subconsciously, because oh, wow. I I definitely woke up, uh, thought I woke up in like in the room, like sun shining, daytime, morning has has come to us, but there was like a, a <laughs> figure above me, and I couldn't oh, move okay. anything, um, and that was the first time I ever had sleep paralysis and oh, wow. uh, I've only ever had it when it's been like those terrifying things like they talk about in documentaries. Um, mm-hmm. But I did before I found out what sleep paralysis was, I did think, Oh my God. Well, ghosts are real. Like totally. that's yeah. that. what that was so visceral. And then I read what sleep paralysis was and it was like, Oh yes. Yes. Okay. That'll hey, make it was sense. that <laughs> I, w- I wasn't visited. I had a thing.
2: Yeah. Uh, that's so, um, healthy of you. So, so many, people, so many people have that experience and then they do read that explanation. And because that experience was so real to them, it's just hard for them to buy yeah. that it was anything else.
0: Look, so I, won't, I won't close the door a hundred percent. We're only sure. living once. Why not be open to ideas, but also let's be most open to the most likely idea.
2: Yeah, there you go. I love that.
1: Uh I mean a lot of people seem to be open to it. There was a 2017 survey done by Chapman University that found 52% of Americans believe places can be haunted by spirits, which had increased quite a bit, 11% since 2015. So we're just oh, believing them more and more apparently. Um hmm.
2: that that's really interesting. I wonder if that has something to do and I mean this, this is going to sound like a joke, but I wonder if that has something to do with the Trump presidency. Because, uh, yeah, one thing that we know about supernatural beliefs uh, and superstition in general is that the more helpless you feel, the more prone to superstition you are. So when you have a very unpopular person running the country and people feel very helpless, you probably would see superstition increase.
1: Oh, interesting. Why? why? Is the idea just that, like, this is everything else is out of my control, so this must be too? Yep. That's exactly it. Like, even. That's the first time I've ever gotten something right on the first time. (laughs) (laughs) Uh,
2: Yeah. I mean, even with animals, like, there's the famous B.F. Skinner experiment where he had. uh, They're called the superstitious pigeons. And he would basically feed them on a schedule that was totally unpredictable. Um, You know, maybe for two days, he wouldn't feed them, and then he'd throw them some. Uh, you know, seed or whatever. Uh, And then the next time they'd only have to wait an hour. And since they had no control over predicting when the food would come, they would start developing superstitions like, oh, well, the last time the food was thrown, I was pecking my foot. So maybe that's what I need to do. And so they'd start pecking their feet and then, oh, well, okay, wait, now the next time the food was thrown, uh, I was, uh, I was grooming my wings. So, okay, maybe I need to groom my wing. And they start developing all these things that, you know, weren't actually affecting the outcome, but were superstitions.
0: Those poor birds.
2: I know. I know. Boy, you don't have to tell me. Animal testing is (laughs) fucked up.
1: that's wild. I mean, that's basically what happens when guys are like, this is my lucky Jersey. And that's why the Mm Cardinals won or whatever is like, I wore it last time. And I'm like, you have no control over the situation whatsoever.
0: (laughs) But, uh, I witnessed that all the time. Every, every sport, every year, uh, when it came to like the playoffs, either the team bleached their hair or didn't, uh, didn't shave and grew mustaches or beards or whatever. high schooler could. But, All the time.
2: (laughs) I like that it all had to do with hair. That's the only thing they had fixated on.
0: (laughs) So easy to control as we can all, as we're all, you know, shaving our heads and tying our hair green during this pandemic, I guess. Back to another thing you can control.
1: A lot of breakup looks happening right now, which uh, uh, many of which have turned out pretty okay, and some where I've gone, okay, well. I see. I see you're going through something and that's okay. It's okay to feel your feelings right now. And if, yeah, you, felt the only- sciz- <laughs> if you felt them <laughs> through scissors, okay. <laughs> yeah,
2: you get to experiment with these things that you, you know, you never have to go out and let anybody see so might as well, I guess.
1: Yeah, exactly. I did yeah. have a thought of like at some point I had gotten some like free hair dye in like some pack of I, I, there was one day I went and bought makeup at the store and they're like, you get a free gift bag of shit. And I was like, oh, that's nice. Thank you. And part of it was like a a sample pack of hair dye. And I was like, well, I'm not going to dye my hair this color probably. And now I'm like, damn it. Where is that? That would be fun <laughs> for three days just to, just to mix it up a little bit, change the routine. What color um, is it? I think it was like a dark gray. So it would have been like something oh, I wouldn't okay. have normally gone with or like a silver. So it was a thing where I was like, this is going to either look amazing or immediately make me look like much, much, much older than I want to.
2: Um, right. Either way. I find it fascinating that young people are dying their hair gray. Didn't think I'd yeah. see it. Yeah. Didn't think I'd see the day, But here can- we are. <laughs>
1: I didn't think I'd see the day where I had to be trapped in my house for three months, but here we are. <laughs>
2: here we are. Uh,
1: so, so there's a ton of scientific reasons for that, uh, ghosts or stuff that can explain paranormal activity. Um, mm-hmm. Would you care to list a few of those? And then I'm sure that we've got some others on here as well.
2: Oh, sure. Yeah. I mean... So any, any paranormal claim that you run across is probably going to have a complicated explanation, right? Um, the reason these stories are so appealing is that they're very simple. They're simpler than the real explanation. So uh, explaining them away is, is a little more complicated. But um, gosh, okay. So one of my uh, favorite examples is psychics. Um, you know, the psychic fortune teller who you go to, you know, in a storefront or whatever and gives you a reading and people are often really impressed by, um, their powers. Those people tend to be just amazing at a technique called cold reading. Um, have you guys heard of cold reading before?
0: Just the like actor version. I'm an actor. Um, (laughs) so like in terms of like auditions and stuff. Uh,
2: cold reading. Oh, right. Yes. Cold reading, <laughs> not in the context of auditioning for something and not having seen the script, um, is, uh, it's, it's this idea where, um, the, the psychic and the person coming to them, uh, are kind of engaged in this flow of information that the psychic realizes and the customer doesn't. So if you, if I were, um, if I were the psychic in this scenario and I sat you down in front of me, um, I might say something like, uh, oh, wow, you know, I'm looking at your palm and I, (laughs) this is going to sound crazy, but your mother's not a nurse, right? And you say, no, she's not a nurse. And I say, okay, (laughs) that's what I thought. But I phrased it in such a way, your mother's not a nurse, that it's, uh, it's an, it's uh, ambiguous which way I'm going with that thought. Right. And you, the person who knows whether your mom's a nurse or not, you, uh, you can take that as a hit either way, but you don't even notice that I phrased it that way. Um, so there are a bunch of tricks around these like sort of conversational manipulations that, uh, that psychics employ. Um, and you can just get really good at it. Um, and the way to actually stump a psychic is to just not engage at all with those questions. So I've become this, like I've become a really good psychic stumper, but it takes so much silence. Like you basically have to starve them of that feedback. Um, so they'll be asking, they'll say things to me, you know, like, uh, Oh, okay. Wow. You know, I'm really seeing a free spirit in you. And I say, Oh, And then they're waiting for, like, me to give more information, to, you know, uh, give them an example of how that's true for me so they can sort of leap off of that. Um, And I just keep saying, oh, oh, interesting. Oh, uh uh-huh. And suddenly someone who was supposed to be this amazing psychic will say things to me like, you know, you're the hardest reading I've ever done. I like, I just can't even get, I can't get anywhere with you. I think the spirits are trying to obscure you. And... Um, so yeah, there, there's one example of, uh, of us, of a paranormal ability that can be explained away. Um, I don't know.
1: Well, except for the one time I've done like a tarot reading, which was, um, I was in New York on a work trip and, uh, there was somebody at a bar doing tarot cards and I thought, okay, fine, let's just do Mm -hmm. a fun thing here. I'm on vacation. And the person reading them was the almost like a cartoon New Yorker type where, you know, like I'm walking here and uh, <laughs> proceeds to like lay out the cards. And then it's just like, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You don't seem very happy in your relationship. And in my head, I was like, I just moved in with my partner at the time. And they were like, yeah, I don't know. This thing isn't going to last. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> And I was just so taken aback at how like Frank and matter of fact they were because I fully expected the exact thing you're talking about. I fully expected them to go like, okay, this is the chalice of swords. Is there... Did you, you're looking for, are you looking for a, a new career? Is this the career you want? You know, like mm-hmm. stuff that's leading you into a path. And instead it was just this woman being like, yeah, I don't know, three years, maybe you'll own a house. I don't know. It depends. Are you good with money? You don't seem good with money. And I was like, who the hell are you? Is this is why nobody is getting a reading from you with this bar.
0: Totally. I mean, yeah. that's, a, that's a prediction. You might get a house. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. One if? Okay. But the way she said it didn't make it seem like like if you read any kind of astrology forecast, if you look at like uh, months back to back to back every single month at some point, they're going to say, like, maybe if you're trying to get a baby, you might get pregnant like every month, every month. So if somebody is trying to get pregnant, they're like, this is the month, which is crazy, you know, because it's not real. But like the (laughs) fact that (laughs) this woman was so like. Th- instead of being in that vein of like, this could be the time she was like, I don't know if you're going to do it, you're going to do it in the next three years. And then if not, I don't know what to tell you. And I was like, so I have three years to get a house. That's so that's <laughs> a short amount of time. Honestly, I don't even live invested. here.
2: Yeah. That's a terrible cold reading for like a millennial age person too. <laughs> she should have been like, you're probably going to be poor most of your life. That's yeah, what and I'm I would have been like, "Wow, this woman knows everything."
1: <laughs> Instead yeah, of and now I don't have to have East expectations. Village. Sitting here, you'll get a house in three years. Where in Jersey City? Jesus, lady.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. I should have mentioned. There's also bad psychics. Uh, that <laughs> seems to be what your person fell into.
0: Do you think that some psychics who are um, very good at cold reading? do you think there's a percentage of them that don't see themselves as cold readers or as mm-hmm. skilled manipulators, but truly have this gift, but perceive it wrong and think that they are psychic, like yes. the natural gift for reading people they take as like a connection to Ab- the other side or something?
2: Yes, absolutely. That's a great question. I think that there are, so we call them open eyes and shut eyes Um, so an open eye psychic is someone who knows exactly what she's doing. She's gotten really studied at this and she, you know, she knows the tricks to pull. And I think of someone like Teresa Caputo, the Long Island medium, I think she totally knows what she's doing. Um, but the average person that you run into at like your new age bookstore, I think is probably going to be the shut eye, the person who believes it. But just like you're saying, they're, they're just really skilled at conversation and we all kind of employ these tricks, for lack of a better word, in our, uh, in our conversations, but we just don't even realize we're doing that. Uh, So she, you know, this person might say, um, uh, oh, so I'm looking at this, and I just see like, you've been having a lot of trouble in your life lately. And the person sitting across from them is like, you know, oh, gosh, let me think about that. Oh, yeah, you know, I guess that is true. Mm -hmm. And it feels like a hit to her. She has no idea that she's just sort of, offered this thing and made the other person make sense of it. It feels like a very earnest uh, thing she's done, you know? Right.
1: Um, so how about unusual electromagnetic fields? Um, they're... Uh, hmm. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was just going to say they're used to commonly identify electrical problems and they tend to be in a lot of toolboxes of people who are ghost hunters or say that they're ghost hunters.
2: Yeah, this is so funny. I I love the idea that ghosts for some reason are like carrying EMFs. I don't even know where, where <laughs> this idea comes from that like oh, a ghost is basically a cell phone. <laughs> what um but <laughs> that said, for some reason, um yeah, ghost hunters have like adopted this belief that they that uh, that ghosts can be detected with EMF. God knows why. But, um, yeah, if you walk around your house with an EMF detector, it'll go off. Like it's going to find little pockets of energy that, um, you know, are coming off of your heater or your refrigerator. And sometimes those things just go in directions that you don't expect. So it might not, um, Uh, light up really bright in front of your fridge, but to the side of your fridge, because that just happens to be where it lets off the most energy. Um, But to you, the human looking at the object, it looks like, oh, I'm not looking at the fridge. I'm looking at this cold, dark corner next to the fridge. And uh, yeah, I mean, I've been to a few (laughs) ghost hunting places where people have been like, uh, it just try to explain this, uh, we're going to bring the CMF beater into this room and it's going to go off like crazy. Cause there's always a ghost in here and look at this. Oh my God, the ghost sits on the bed and it's going like crazy. And, um, in this particular instance, I said, uh, okay, cool. Um, where's the closest power strip? And they are like, Oh, Oh, it's under the bed. <laughs> 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 okay cool can we turn that off and see what happens and we turned it off and that ghost just took off like lightning
0: because I- it couldn't charge its phone anymore <laughs>
1: <laughs> it was only on six percent battery i needed to find an outlet i
0: Fair
1: love the idea, i love the idea of a ghost sitting on a bed it's so uh common it's not at all what I expect.
2: A so ghost ghost. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Just the idea of sitting on a bed. I don't know. Maybe flipping through a magazine, look at a Twitter. <laughs> like, I love the idea of a ghost doing very boring things.
2: Totally. Yeah. I mean, and if you think about it, the stuff we imagine they do is like boring as shit. Like, you, you die, you go to the other side, and you're like, hmm, what should I do with my time? Okay. I'm going to go back to the house where I died and just like wait around for people to come by. And then I'm going to like <laughs> knock a broom over,
0: but only sometimes <laughs> yeah. but only very rarely.
2: And yeah. And occasionally like whisper a word.
0: Like, because that's, that's going to yeah. let the living know I'm here as opposed to drive them fucking crazy.
2: <laughs> <laughs> right. Like, Oh yeah. Why go to heaven? And, like, meet Einstein when I could stand in this fireplace and whisper things.
1: What? I I could play beer pong with Abraham Lincoln. Or (laughs) I could just hang out by the stove and, like, casually possibly open a cupboard, like, a little bit and then shut it back. Yeah, I'm going to do the
2: latter. Ghosts are boring mofos. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Do you find yourself when you are on one of these uh, excursions with ghost hunters and the electromagnetic stuff, do you ever find yourself just because being in a, Scary dark place and the dark is scary. Do you ever mm-hmm. find yourself getting creeped out? Like even like knowing like, okay, this is what's really happening and being able to kind of put like a logical explanation to so many things. Do you still sometimes sometimes find yourself being like, Well, I know that's what that I know that's the fridge, but this is still a pretty fucking scary house.
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. Actually, the thing that comes to mind is um the Queen Mary, that that boat that's docked on oh, Long yeah. Beach. Yeah. So they have um, ghost hunting tours on there and my co-host Ross and I went on one once and yeah, Queen Mary's like totally creepy. You go around at night and there are all these dark corners and I don't know about you guys, but I'm not familiar with like ship architecture, so it's also unfamiliar. (laughs) Well, Steve, you probably are because you said you've been on a boat.
0: I actually, um, I'll let you finish, but I did stay the night at the Queen Mary.
2: Oh shit, well... (laughs) Typical Steve. Um, (laughs) But uh, yeah, you know, it's like super unfamiliar. And so we were wandering around at like 1 a.m. It's very dark. It's kind of like um, if you've been on a stage at night, you know, it's just like cavernous and echoey and weird corners that you
0: don't know what they're for. And there's nothing nearby, like outside of the boat. Like, it's not like you can get off the boat and like, go see people like you're It you're you're not only on this boat but the boat's like off in the harbor like away from long beach
2: yeah if if the ghost hunter who leads this tour just suddenly decided this is the night i'm gonna kill people it wouldn't be hard to do
0: oh see that would make it scary
2: (laughs) 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 oh the murder the murder is what would get you
0: <laughs> Murder is gonna get you. Murder is gonna get you.
1: <laughs> How I uh, I have not been to the Queen Mary. It's something that I've wanted to do. I've wanted to do like a brunch or go around Halloween and have a have fun fun old spooky time. Uh I want to hear about both of your experiences and like uh, what what you guys did. Steve spent the night. Carrie, you were just I hanging did. out. Um is there different like packages to do that? Like what what's the are there different parts of the boat they take you on? One's more haunted than the other, that kind of thing. You know, quote haunted here, obviously. Sure. Steve,
2: yeah, what was your experience?
0: Um, I wanted to like do kind of like a staycation getaway, but not too far kind of thing to just like get out of my house and finish the script I was working on. And um, through <laughs> Hotwire, I ended up on the Queen Mary.
2: Oh my God. And- <laughs>
0: It was like your hotel will cost. And it was real cheap. And it was like your hotel will cost this much. And it will either be this, this or the queen Mary. And I was like, all right, roll the dice. Then after I got there is when I found out that it's supposedly haunted and creepy. Um, so, and everything was closed. There was like nothing, there's nothing to do, nowhere to go. Yeah. So I was, I was forced to write. Uh, and then I did creep myself out and I woke up at like 2 AM and I heard a girl crying and I was like, oh my God, this is it haunted. The boat's haunted. I'm hearing my ghost. This is my ghost experience, a crying girl. This is what happens on haunted boats. But I had fallen asleep with the TV on and it was sweet Dion. It's always sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> crying. But I, you know, had I not woken up all the way or like, had I been more willing to buy into it? I probably would have fallen back asleep and then just like went with, I heard a cry. I heard there's a little girl crying in that room.
2: Right. Yeah.
0: Which but also could did. have
2: just been a living little girl.
0: That's true. <laughs>
2: It's funny how we're <laughs> bringing to like a dead person.
1: They do have a they do have a whole uh, floor full of orphan little girls on that boat.
0: That's true. It was known <laughs> as the orphan boat.
1: <laughs> <laughs> uh, when you were there, Carrie, were there any uh, cry little girls, or was there anything specific that the ghost
2: hunter pointed out, or did other people? Oh yeah, creeped out. Like what? What was the oh. vibe? Oh, very much. So um there's actually in the pool area, supposedly there's a little girl who runs around. oh gosh, I'm trying to remember her name. I want to say it's Kitty. Um, so she supposedly like runs around playing hide and seek um, and and some people have seen her, some people have heard her. and our our ghost guide um, brought a uh, a tape recorder so that he could play EVPs back at us. Do you know what that is?
0: I know. Um, and I feel like I've heard it on one of those shows.
2: Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So it's got, it's uh electronic voice phenomenon. And the idea is that when you're just standing in a room, you might not hear any ghost voices, but if you record it and turn the volume way, way up, you may hear things that get caught on tape, but that you couldn't hear with your ears in the room for whatever reason. Um, so we would, we would all stand together, huddled in the back of this little pool room. And he would say, kitty can you hear us? And then we would all be completely quiet. And then someone would ask a question like, Kitty, what's your favorite holiday? And we'd all be really quiet for 30 seconds. And we would go kind of popcorn style asking her questions. And then at the end of the night, you go back and review the tape. So after you say, what's your favorite holiday? Maybe you hear a tiny voice saying, Christmas. And you say, oh my God, it's Christmas. Um, And our like any, any sounds that you hear on that tape, your brain is going to do an amazing job of turning it into a word because we're built for language and that's what we do. So if there's a sound of like someone shuffling their foot in that moment, that can translate into a voice when you play that much later. And we actually ended up getting this am- <laughs> this amazingly strange EVP while we were on on uh the queen mary it was like this this deep raspy voice that appeared to be saying go eat french fries (laughs) (laughs) and uh so ross and i were like what the fuck what is this and we finally went back and like looked at the time on the tape and tried to figure it out it turns out it was someone just pushing a tape a table um that was uh, just like on kind of a raggedy floor with lots of splinters and stuff. And he pushed it with his foot and it just made that <laughs> sounds, but on the tape, it sounded like a human voice.
0: Oh, yeah. um, I remember in um, uh, the conjuring too, I think are like Ed and Lorraine Warren's. They are like real life ghost hunters. And mm-hmm. there was a uh, one in the, the whatever the case that Conjuring Two is based on, they had they had tapes where like yeah, if mm. you speed it up, you can hear the voice. And I forget what huh? it sounds. I it sounds creepy, obviously, but like I can't remember what it was that they thought it said. But it was like a gibber. It was a nonsense sentence. Like even if those words were strung together, that doesn't. There's no context. It doesn't <laughs> make sense. Whatever it is, like
2: yeah. Like why? Why is this ghost telling yeah. us to go eat French fries? Why?
0: Yeah. Uh, Also, like, now that we know about, like, Laurel and Yanni and the dress and how interpretation works in general, I mean. Yeah.
1: Sorry, Ghosts. I thought for a second that maybe somebody was saying, go get French fries because it was just somebody screwing around. Like, somebody in a
2: closet just shouting things like,
1: buy ice cream. (laughs) We have a gift
2: shop. Yeah, I always say to Ross, like, I I wonder how people would react if you just did that. If you, like, stood in the back of the the group and then when someone says what's your favorite holiday you just say easter i mean (laughs) i think every everyone would just turn and look at you right and be like that was you because we know something deep inside us knows that's not how this is going to happen there's not going to be a human voice
1: right it had uh what do they call it fear frequency where it's like human like just below range of hearing we don't We can't totally comprehend it because we can't hear sound below, I think, 20 hertz, 15 hertz, something like that. And so it ends up being this (laughs) optical illusion, but for your ears.
2: Oh, okay. So you're saying this is what makes people not hear the thing or later hear it on the tape?
1: I think, hmm, I think. Ooh, I don't know. Let me, let me, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've just never, I've oh, never, never heard this look. theory. Um, this is something that I found in research where they called it the fear frequency, and they basically said like just below the range of human hearing, infrasound can cause strange. Oh, infrasound. Aha. This, okay, this now I know the what you're thing. About. Okay, I'm sorry. This is a different thing. So there's the version where if you tape something and play it back, you hear French fries, and then there's infrasound, which is mm-hmm. optical illusions for the ear.
2: Yeah, so infrasound is really cool. Yeah, it's um it's sort of like a dog whistle in reverse. So dog whistles are just high enough that we can't hear them, right? Um infrasound is just low enough that we can't hear it, but our our eardrum still vibrates with it. It just doesn't make that sensation of sound for us. Um but that that vibratory feeling just creates like an unease in you. So you just feel like uh, something's wrong, something's off in here. Um, and, uh, sometimes that'll be like an old fridge or something that's just making this really, really, really low hum. You don't actually hear. Um, and, and there have been a couple cases I've heard of, of like haunted houses that turned out to be an infrasound, um, phenomenon, but I've never actually gotten to see it myself. I'd love to experience that.
1: Yeah. There was one case I read about where, um, back in the late nineties, they, it turns out that what it was is there was a fan spinning, uh, creating sound waves at 19 uh-huh. hertz, which is the exact frequency that could basically cause humans to quote, see something. So like somebody was oh. like shivers and chills and they had that weird, uneasy feeling and they th- thought they could see something out of the corner of their eye. And it turns out it was just all about the sound
2: frequency. Oh, that's so cool.
1: Um, and I, I don't know. Part of me is afraid that like, my dad has terrible hearing, although I know that some of that's genetic, but I know it's also because he was an aerospace engineer and he used to just stand next to planes so he could study the sound. So his <laughs> hearing's just totally <laughs> blown out because he stood next to fucking plane engines his whole life. There's a part of me, though, that, like, looks at him now having his hearing aid and stuff, and I go, like, oh, am I going to be somebody that's got weird, messed up hearing? And then that leads down the path of, like, what things about my body are going to make me more susceptible to ghosts? Like, do you guys think that you have anything about you? Not the poisoning. The poisoning is its own thing. But is Mm -hmm. there anything about you guys that you feel like, oh, I have this weird tick or... This hmm. physical ailment or whatever that you feel comfortable sharing that you're like, ooh, this could, in the right situation, make me think that that's a g- g- ghost. ghost.
2: Um, I don't have anything that like makes would uh, that I, would specifically make me think of ghosts, I don't think. But I do have some like bipolar in my family. And, uh, I mean, this is so common that I feel comfortable talking about it because more people should, but, um, bipolar, uh, in its most extreme untreated form will make people have psychotic episodes, right. Um, and delusions and things. So I, I have a family member who sometimes just has these very clear, very calm delusions where they'll think that like, they're talking to a robot i am the robot and i have replaced carrie and um and when i talk to that person i'm always like this is amazing like that the the human brain can do this is
0: absolutely
2: yeah it's it's so evolutionarily wild um but it also it tells me okay like i you and i share genetics so um i uh, knock on wood don't have a diagnosis of bipolar but who knows what that means for me um and maybe one day, like, I'll experience these same kinds of, of weird, um, you know, misperceptions of reality. And so my job is to sort of guard against that, to tell my loved ones, like, hey, if you see this in me, this is what to look for. Um, I do want you to give me feedback about this not being real, you know, early on. Um, and sort of, like, you know, fall into, fall into trust mode with my loved ones, because at, at that point, I wouldn't be able to trust my own. Right. concept of reality yeah yeah
1: then you end up with uh, the whole thing from a beautiful mind where it's uh just in you know yeah completely different scenarios than what's happening in real life and uh, then it's sort
2: of hard because then you're like that person seems happy i don't know do you want do i want to disrupt that like you seem so happy that i'm a I mean, robot why Maybe why do they why do they like me better as a robot <laughs> right. is there something <laughs> wrong
1: with me as a
2: person no.
0: Maybe this is a learning opportunity for me.
2: (laughs) Yeah, right. Maybe I am a robot. Shit.
1: (laughs) What about you, Steve? Is there anything that you feel like could make Um,
0: you ghost prone? No.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I guess just the sleep paralysis. Oh, Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very big one. Very big highlighted one that I started the episode with. (laughs) Sleep paralysis. Yeah, that's how they could come get me. A ghost could come and sleep paralyze me and haunt the shit out of me. And I'll just be like, whatever. I was sleeping.
2: (laughs) So you think the opposite is going to happen? Not that you'll have sleep paralysis and think it's a ghost, but a ghost will haunt you. And you yeah. will talk it up to sleep paralysis.
0: Exactly. The ghost is going to want me to believe. And I'm like, sorry, that's just my body.
1: <laughs> They're like, no, you don't understand. I've been sitting on your bed this whole time waiting for you to get up so I can make it creak. And you're like, nope. Sleep paralysis.
0: Why, <laughs> Why are you making my bed creak? It does it on its own. <laughs> Why do you want stand in one corner?
2: Should we explain what sleep paralysis is? Do you think most people know? Well, um, let's give a quick, quick background on it, just in case.
1: In case earlier you were like, "What the hell are you talking about, Steve?"
0: Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't know the best. All I, all I really know is that uh, in between, your kind of like body is in between. Uh, it's like your brain. I could be wrong, but your brain has woken up, but parts of your body still haven't. So like, you feel fully awake, but you can't move any of your body. You're just kind of like stuck fully paralyzed while you're asleep. And a lot of times when that happens, there's also this element of like danger. Somebody's trying to break into your bedroom. A ghost is, is on top of you. One time there was some sort of creature trying to get in from the ceiling. Um, there's a documentary about it. I forget what it's called. Um, oh, oh. I don't think it always has to have like the element of like horror or danger, but I know that's very common. Yeah, um, I, but I if anybody has it. any more uh, clinical definitions, I'd be happy to happy yeah. to know more about it.
2: I think you did a great job of explaining it. That's, that's exactly what it is. And it's also a, um, a, a common occurrence for people who think they've been abducted by aliens. A oh, lot of yeah. those people will turn out to have had sleeping disorders. Yeah.
1: It's basically, it's like you're going in and out of uh REM sleep. So it's that weird sensation of like, uh, I don't know that I've ever had sleep paralysis happen, but I've definitely, and I maybe this is it, but I've, I've definitely had that thing where like, you're at the tail end of a dream, like right before you're about to wake up. And then like a leg juts out or there's somebody, oh, yeah. like, like your hand hits something as you like, try to reach out and grab it. And it's this like weird, uh, d- the reconnection between waking life and dream life. And then you're suddenly oh, like, why the fuck did I hit my hand on the nightstand?
2: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, or there's, um, hypnagogic and hypnopompic, uh, hallucinations, which are hallucinations you have as you're falling asleep or as you're waking up and everyone's had these, you know, where, Oh like-
0: yeah, those are weird. I love
2: yeah. them. Yeah, I do. I mean, they're so weird. It's the closest we get to like talking to the other side or whatever, you know, you're falling asleep and suddenly your grandma who's dead says your name like, Whoa, that's amazing but it it turns out it's just it's just sleep
1: Uh, I wonder, this is is my, I'm putting on my science goggles for a moment, and I'm going to say, I'm going to put a hypothesis out there that I'm going to check back in on in like six months. There have been an uptick in crazy ass dreams during the pandemic because our Uh. brains often process trauma or they process whatever is troubling us in our waking life and sleep. And obviously there's a lot to be frankly worried, anxious, stressed out about at the moment. So there's Mm. been like, I I read a whole LA times article today about how tons of people are having crazy dreams. I've been having crazy dreams. I talked to other friends that have been uh, having crazy dreams. I wonder if people won't know about sleep paralysis and because of their crazy dreams, there will be an uptick in supposed ghost hauntings and sightings that are actually all just sleep paralysis.
2: Yeah. That, that it seems like that coupled with an increase in the superstition that we were talking about before that that could definitely happen
1: and not checking your carbon monoxide and or like getting a detector get a carbon yeah, monoxide yeah, detector, check. detector
0: yep check you got to check your gases
1: yeah <laughs> if you're smelling gas that's a problem if oh. something's, if something's funky it's probably the gas
2: someone tell my fiance <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, okay, <laughs> what about uh, like toxic mold and dangerous mold? That's another one that's sort of been uh, much like um, carbon monoxide and weird pipes. Toxic mold is uh, supposedly part of why people have ghost oh. sightings. Is because oh. uh, there's toxins produced by certain fungi, and those can lead to delirium or pain oh, okay. or movement disorders, that kind of thing.
2: Oh, have cool. You, have, have I, that's not what I... And that's someone I've run across before. Um, I thought you were going to say, because there's a lot of um, pseudoscience around uh, mold, like growing in people's nose. Some, some like alternative medicine practitioner got this idea in his head that we're all walking around with mold in our nose. And now it's this little cottage industry, but that's neither here nor there. Um, mold in a house. Uh, yeah, I mean, that makes sense, right? It would be metabolizing inside your house and letting off gases. So I could see that making someone hallucinate, but, um, I haven't run into that before. Where did you hear about that?
1: Uh, this was just in some of the, this is from Scientific American, I believe. Uh, Cool. But hold on a moment. What's with mold
2: in the nose? <laughs> um, it's about mold in the nose. Yeah, sorry, I swept right by that. Um, yeah. Okay. Oh boy. Okay. So another thing that I report on is alternative medicine and sort of its excesses. So it's a pretty underregulated industry, and um, and as a result, there's some really good science there, and there's some just total quackery because the the bar is really low to get into that field. So. Um, There is an alternative medicine uh, practice where a doctor will swab the inside of your nose and run this test for mold and it's not a very good test. All the um, actual mold experts are like, well, this is going to come up with positives like no matter Almost no matter who you run this on But um, but all these alt-med guys Are going we've run this and it turns Out there's this huge like Mold phenomenon all over these certain Cities and all these people have mold Growing in their noses and we need to put them all On antifungals so there are people on All these drugs that they don't need To try to combat mold in their nose That's not there
1: My god <laughs> <laughs> We We will just believe fucking anything Won't we
2: uh you know i think if if hope is attached (laughs) we will
0: yeah i mean we do have mites on our face we do have like skin mites oh sure like eyelash mites or something so like nose mold is not you know yeah yeah, infections nose mold i've heard crazier things
1: that's fair i have rosacea which is basically mites eating at my face and turning it bright red and if i eat certain is
0: rosacea mites
1: It's, not, is it, it's either mites no, it's or not. worms. It's something no, like that. No, it's what? not. Really? Yeah. That's I'm gonna, disgusting. I'm going to loo- Google it again. I know. No, Nadia, I burn didn't... your face off. <laughs> That's
2: crazy. It's I didn't a, know that a pathogen
0: caused
1: Um Let me look it up again. It's a common skin condition. Uh, uh... Okay, we knew that.
0: <laughs> a tiny mite may be the cause of the skin condition.
1: Um. Uh, shoot, where, what is the main cause of rosacea? No, come back. <laughs> no, internet, no, that's what I need you the most so I can explain yeah. to you what the fuck is on my face.
0: You know um, what, I googled what causes rosacea and the National Rosacea Society link came up first and it says facial mites may be involved.
2: That's so- it, thank wow. you Okay. It's possible.
1: It's possible. It's 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 half genetics. Pretty sure my mom had rosacea. I I've I I have crazy skin. I have rosacea. I have sensitive skin. I have oily skin. I have acne prone skin. No products Ugh. work on me. Mm. Like four products work on me, and that's it. And that's the routine. And I'm sticking to it till I die because for years i was plagued with bad skin and just like had no idea how to control and i was like well i guess i just live like this uh oh man so i like, finally went to a dermatologist and they were like here's everything that's wrong with you and then they like gave me a gentle pat on the knee and they're like we're gonna take care <laughs> of this and i was like but hey, I- was christ <laughs> what's that has it been good since then Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh, the past few years. Yeah. And the rosacea medication is is also crazy expensive without insurance. So for sure. a long time, I didn't use it. Uh, anyway, yeah. you aren't wrong, Steve, when you, you make the connection between from face mite to nose mold. Now that you say it that way, I would probably be duped. And I hate yeah, well, to that.
2: so much of science is us realizing that crazy shit is happening. You know, like, I mean, before germ theory, imagine the first person who was like, Okay, I think I figured it out. I think everybody gets sick at the hospital because there are tiny little beings that live on our skin. And when you touch someone else, the little beings jump from one person to another person and then they have sex and copulate all over your body. Po- We'd be like, uh, yeah. yeah. We'll like, not sure
0: well. sure brenda that makes more sense than ghosts <laughs>
1: right. okay okay brenda here you go again with the little <laughs> tiny beans fucking each other <laughs> on our skin
2: totally but yeah uh, I mean, you know, all you can do is test the theory and see if it's true um it, w-
1: what do you say to people who maybe are like only old buildings are haunted that seems to be like a big paranormal myth, obviously. But like, that seems to be a big one that gets uh, perpetrated maybe is the idea that like, oh, this this jail is 400 years old. This boat is 400 years old. This, uh, you know, this graveyard, mm-hmm. this whatever, like the older something is, the more likely it is to be haunted. Is that true or <laughs> is that just like bad plumbing, etc.?
2: Um. Well, OK, so I think you've got a couple things going on there. One's going to be the older it is. The more people will have gone through it, so you do have better odds of someone having died there, right? Than a building that's brand new. Um, so there might be some logic to that. I think also when you have something that has a long history, it's much easier to say someone died here 250 years ago, and his name was Sam. And unless you're like me, like unless you've been trained in like archival research you're not going to bother to go look up whether there was a Sam who lived, you know, 250 years ago in that exact spot. And um, so it's just like, it's much easier to develop those narratives around something that's been there a long time. And then, yeah, like you're saying, it also means your pipes are freaking old and uh, you know, you're more likely to hear weird um, sounds coming through the walls because they are very thin and warm. settling.
0: The house is yeah. settling,
2: right? <laughs> That's they a just right. don't
0: settle until they're a hundred years old. Brand <laughs> okay. new apartment buildings don't need to settle, <laughs> but once it's been around for fifty years, time to settle.
1: Well, <laughs> well, brand new, well, brand new apartment buildings are just trying to see what else is out there. You know, they're still they're just like trying to get their career off the ground. They're like, <laughs> exactly. I don't know, that they've I got have time.
2: time. Yeah, yeah. They never <laughs>
1: um that yeah i guess this sort of leads into one of the other things that i found that's a big reason potentially for ghost hauntings which is just the power of suggestion the idea like if somebody said it's true they're like well i guess it's true or just the idea that like it could be haunted is enough to get people
2: going oh yeah i mean and that's the explanation for so many things or at least a piece of the explanation we were just like, you know, we're creatures who tell stories and we're creatures who find out things from one another. And that's not a bad thing. That's a really wonderful evolved trait. But it also means that we trust each other so immediately that uh, we can sometimes forget to gather evidence during that trusting process um, and with stuff where it matters. Stuff like you might be being haunted, but you might also be being gassed. You don't want to, you don't (laughs) want to just trust someone's word on that. You want to go get a freaking test.
1: Uh, Do you think that there's been um, more of an uptick in the whole ghosts are real thing slash paranormals real thing compared to recent years? Or do you think this is just like, it comes in waves
2: historically? Hmm. I, I think it stayed. I, I mean, the things that we believe seem to come in waves, you know, like there'll be certain periods where witchcraft is really in. Um, and then <laughs> <laughs> I know it sounds silly, but, and then, uh, and then aliens will kind of have their moments and then robots. And, um, I think that all comes in little waves, but the bigger picture, um, superstition for lack of a better word, that seems to hold pretty steady. And we seem to have pretty good sociology around uh, when and why people believe those things. And one of them is being disempowered. Um, so any country that's, you know, in a, in a really bad recession or depression, you're going to see an uptick, um, being female is actually one of them. Sorry. Um, mm. but it, it appears to be that that's because, um, we, it's, it's sort of a cart before the horse thing because, um, women tend to be disempowered in most societies in the world. So we, we develop these little coping mechanisms, um, And, uh, what are some of the other ones? Um, I'd have to pull out my sociology book from five years ago and remember, but, um, (laughs) but yeah, there are these, You
1: didn't have it in front of you this whole time.
2: Uh. (laughs) But yeah, there are all these sort of like risk factors, if you will, for, um, for superstition.
1: Yeah, because, I mean, there's a lot of ghost hunting television. My mother was a very big ghost person. She had a ton mm-hmm. of ghost books when she was alive. She's very into, like, wherever she went and traveled, she would, like, go to a bookstore and look up, you know, the ghosts of wherever that city she happened to be in. Um, mm-hmm. And I'm I'm not that person. And so, <laughs> uh, I, but I could never really understand it. And I, I just, some of this, I think, is, It depends on the kind of person you are. But I also think it's sort of like maybe it is because I would see ghost TV and just be like, this is dumb. This is dumb and bad (laughs) versus if you were in either a different part of the world or a different generation or what have you, where maybe like you're not exposed to that. So you're just going like, oh, cool. This seems (laughs) real. Or maybe you just want to believe. Is there any place that we know of that is legitimately haunted?
2: Right. I, I really doubt it. Um, I mean, you know, I, I try to always leave some room for this possibility. Uh, if, if there were hauntings, that would mean there are really spirits. And if there are really spirits, that would mean that we all survive our deaths. I mean, it would be really earth shattering stuff. And if I could be the person to prove it, I could win a Nobel prize for it. So I'm very, uh, open to the possibility, but at the same time, if you see these things over and over, um, be explained away best by science and psychology, you do, I mean, you know, you're a human being, you're going to start suspecting that all of them are explainable that way. So I must admit, I doubt it. <laughs> I mean, you know, cause, uh, cause you have to think like, okay, if, if I just made something up, if I just said, um, there's a there's a huge dog that uh, runs all of civilization. Prove me wrong. You know, now you're just like going around trying to find a huge dog. I mean, at some point you'd have to say, I think this just might not be true and I'm going to just for now live with live with doubt. Right, and I think right. that's kind of where I am about paranormal claims. Yeah.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah that's how I feel as well.
2: <laughs> um
1: how do we feel about... Do you know about the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry? I believe you do. I do. Um, uh, and Mr. Richard Wiseman, who uh, said that there's about 15% of people that have experienced some sort of ghost encounter, but only 1% report seeing a full-fledged ghost. The rest is like uh, sensory stimuli. Um, oh, okay. that, that 1% still can be explained by science, correct?
2: Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, those... those uh the things Richard would be talking about are the things that even Steve has experienced where you are, you're seeing a figure on the ceiling or, um, you know, feeling a chill in the air or whatever, uh, rather than just sort of like, uh, I don't know, a sense of it. You know, you have some sort of physiological reaction. Um, uh, Richard Wiseman is great. He is a fantastic lecturer and everyone should go look up his stuff. Um, and uh, he i am not sure if he actually co-founded psycop uh the committee for skeptical inquiry but he's definitely on the board and um yeah, they're they're an organization that looks into claims of the paranormal and uh, and sort of gathers scientists and science enthusiasts and says, okay, can we can we examine this together and see what's really going on? And at times, they've also offered cash prizes to anybody who can actually prove that they have a paranormal ability. And um, there's a couple groups that do this. There's also the James Randi Educational Foundation. Um, but, yeah, they've been they've all been offering these prizes for years and years where they they set up a scientific test and they'll uh, someone will come and say, "I can move uh, objects with my mind or whatever their ability is," they set up a test, and then every single time in about thirty years of tests, every single time, uh, the person has not gotten past the first stage of the test. So that tells you something.
1: Yeah, they're really bad at moving stuff with their minds. <laughs> I'm doing it right now, guys. It's just like moving shit around the room. Um why do we love believing in this stuff? What do you guys think? I think it's just because we like to uh make up shit to make things more interesting.
0: <laughs> I feel like we just want comfort and answers, and we don't like the unknown and uh it's, it's just, yeah, it's a lot more interesting, and it makes our experiences a lot more worthwhile and uh, less humdrum if it was a ghost I saw and not just a nightmare. Because everyone has fucking nightmares, but if I saw a ghost, hell...
1: <laughs> uh, it does That's it a story. You, yeah, it makes you special. It gives yeah. you a little like it gives uh, it's it's up the, the dinner. It's like everybody's got salt and pepper, but garlic powder. <laughs> now we're talking.
0: Also, I just go to my worst case scenario. So if something like made a noise in my closet, I'd immediately be like, killer. <laughs> guy. Like whatever, because of just like, you know, the human brain going to oh god. Yeah. That yeah, the worst thing it can be.
2: Yeah, oh, and that's, sorry. Hmm? No, no, go ahead, go ahead. Okay, uh, and that is like what we evolved to do is when we were, uh, you know, living in tribes, we needed people who would overreact to stimuli who basically we wanted brains that constantly are looking for uh the agents. So humans, animals, anything with, you know, a sense of agency, because as soon as you spot that, that, that could be an attacker. So it behooved us to even think that we saw faces in trees or, you know, that any sound might be someone coming to attack us. And so like basically that, that sense of inner anxiety, we all got, fucked over with that That really helped us when we were trying to survive you know millions of years ago and now is quite a burden
0: <laughs> oh how many therapists have tried to explain that to me
1: <laughs> <laughs> um h- how how do we compassionately yet maybe firmly gentle but firmly tell people like
0: listen there's no such thing as ghosts
1: (laughs) or do we do we do is that just an asshole move
0: well i mean i think you can be like you know i don't believe that but more but but good for you unless it's like hurting somebody like if a child's being held captive because of something that the ghost is telling their parents that's different but like i'm not gonna go tell my aunt that heaven's not sending pennies (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah okay that's fair well it's also this thing i think between belief and fact right like like you said the idea of believing in ghosts is like okay yeah there's there's the fact of certain things have happened and then there's the belief that this could would should happen or you heard it through hearsay or you know whatever the the deal is uh mm-hmm. but you don't yeah i guess it's yeah don't be
2: don't be a jerk about it
1: i don't know yeah I don't,
2: <laughs> I I mean, it's, it's, this is a really tough question. This is something I deal with a lot in my work, because, um, yeah, you know, you don't want to just for no reason, poo poo someone's beliefs, just to show how smart you are, how much knowledge you have, obviously, that makes you an asshole. Um, But having had the experience I had, I know that some of these beliefs are not harmless, you know, there are people walking around, fearful of going into their homes or people with really strident religious beliefs who have never heard any other way. And so, you know, can go through their whole lives. And for example, like a homophobic religious community, because no one has wanted to knock down their faith by having that tough conversation with them. Um, so that's, you know, those are like really, really hard questions. And I don't think there is a clean answer, but the, the principle I always return to is, um, kindly let them know you think otherwise and that if they ever want to come to you, um, with questions that you're open to that conversation. So if I, if I have a friend who has a belief that I'm like, Ooh, doesn't seem harmful now, but could become harmful. Um, you know, maybe I'll say, Oh, wow. You know, that's really interesting. I actually, uh, I'm really interested in ghosts and demons and all those kinds of things. And I've come to not believe in it. If you ever want to talk about that. And if they're in a pretty, you know, if they, if this is just their hobby, they're probably going to say, no thanks. But if they're starting to think they're haunted, they might remember like, Oh, okay. Carrie doesn't even believe in that. And maybe she'd still talk to me about it. And you kind of leave that door open. Right. Yeah. That's
0: good. That's way better than my answer. That's way better than <laughs> no, fuck them.
2: <laughs> I mean, it's tough though. I can tell that like your answer comes from like wanting to respect everybody, which is an important impulse. Yes.
0: Yeah. But yeah. I understand. Yeah. Sometimes things can start off unharmful and then before you know it, they've snowballed into a belief system that uh, is going to destroy us all.
2: Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, I mean, uh, I think anti vax.
1: Yeah. Oh Christ. Oh, I (laughs) truly, 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 truly a movement I do not understand. Of all the conspiracy theories, of all the things to put out there, the idea that the thing that is keeping people alive is bad, the thing that keeps disease away is bad. Oh man, I got so mad. I got so mad that I forgot the thing that. Oh, now I remember. Okay. There's there's telling generally people there's generally telling people, hey, I don't believe in ghosts. And there's an, a, a polite way to do that. How do we tell my dad that the time <laughs> when he lived in England many years ago and the window was open and it was a draft, it was not a ghost pulling the sheets and fucking with him in the apartment he lived in. It was because he Aww. left the damn window open. How do I convince him of this? <laughs> Cause he's so convinced it's a ghost and he's not a ghost guy, you know, like in comparison to my mother who was very ghost centric, paranormal centric, big into telepathy, big into like, you know, anything that's uh, unexplained. My dad is a religious guy, but he is not a ghost guy. He's a science dude. Mm -hmm. So for him to suddenly be like, No, this is the one and only time And this ghost, also, I think he thinks the ghost Has been haunting his ass for years, and I'm like Who? Who would be following you Around from continent to continent Haunting your ass, from Cairo To London, to New Orleans To Denver, like, it's crazy Wow What what day is it?
2: (laughs) Uh, So why do you want to Disabuse him of that uh, fantasy? Uh, I don't know, because He gets on my nerves (laughs)
0: I mean, I think what I would say to your dad is, oh, sh- a sheet was a ghost. So you got visited by the most basic fucking ghosts.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: you got Charlie Brown costume ghost. You didn't even get you didn't even get a you didn't even get kitty. You,
1: you, you didn't yeah. even get kitty in the
0: in the pool. You, you didn't just get got a french
1: fry message. <laughs> you got holes <laughs> cut into a sheet.
2: i mean do you think he really believes it or do you think he sort of plays with the idea of believing it
1: oh i'm sure part of it is as a uh, fun party trick which is i think Mm -hmm. one of the reasons we believe in ghosts at all is like steve said it's so much more fun to say i've been haunted by a ghost than it is to say uh i uh have sleep paralysis or Mm -hmm. i had mold Mm -hmm. in my house and i didn't know or what have you um I think with him specifically it's definitely just like I think it's partly that, but I also think partly it's him going like, I don't understand why
2: I keep kicking the sheets off of my
1: bed (laughs) and I'm like, It's not a ghost, it's your feet.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It sounds to me, I mean, this is just my gut, but like, it sounds to me like someone who is using the word believe loosely, you know, (laughs) Uh, sometimes when we say believe, we really mean believe like, I believe this as a fact, the same way I believe Arkansas exists. And then sometimes we use believe to just mean like, this is the story that makes me happy. Wait, do you believe um, Arkansas exists? <laughs> you know, I haven't been, so you could oh prove God. me wrong. Right. Nadia's
0: an Arkansas truther. Why'd you <laughs> bring this up? It's,
1: it's one big square in the middle of the country. There's no way there's people living in it. Carrie uh, <laughs> <laughs> Poppy, thank you so much for coming on. Why do you know that? Uh, my
2: pleasure. Thanks for having
1: me. Um,
2: is there anything you'd like to plug at this time? Oh, sure. Yeah. Well, my podcast is called Oh No, Ross and Carrie, and we investigate fringe claims Right now, we are dealing with various conspiracy theories around the coronavirus, and we just released uh, an interview with a woman who claims she can cure coronavirus over the internet.
0: Oh, Oh, she's going to make a lot of money.
2: (laughs) (laughs) She sure could, but uh, you should listen to it. (laughs) I don't know if you'll come away with the same impression. (laughs) (laughs) And and where can people
1: find you online?
2: Oh, uh, let's see. I'm on Twitter at Carrie Poppy Yes, uh, and the show is at Oh No Podcast
1: Beautiful um, Man, I, <laughs> I My favorite of the corona Conspiracies is 5G Because yes. th- That one, that again, makes no sense To me. Like some conspiracy theories You can go, okay, I kind of see how you got from A to B, but that one I, I truly, truly, truly don't know why
2: Yeah, it's complicated But suffice it to say, it is not True <laughs> <laughs>
0: No, no, it's real.
2: Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening. If you like what you heard, tell
1: everyone you know every way you know how. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review. And be sure to go back and listen to our older episodes if you missed them. We talked about some weird stuff. And be sure to follow us on Instagram at WhyDoYouKnowThatPod or on Twitter at WhyDoYouKnowPod. They're different. And if you've got questions, comments, concerns, whatever, be sure to email us at WhyDoYouKnowThatPod at gmail.com. Let's do this again sometime.